Coming up on the WAC Podcast, the last week of football, and we have a de facto championship game coming up this Saturday. Men's and women's basketball well underway. We had a big upset that uh, we had the week before. We'll talk a little bit about that and some close calls against some Power 5 schools. The WAC Volleyball Tournament currently going on in Edinburgh, and I'm going to be here with Demetrius House back in the house as the co-host. We're both at Edinburgh for the volleyball tournament. Men's soccer, we had a bit of an upset in that one. We'll talk about that along with women's soccer where the two teams got in. We'll tell you how they did on the WAC podcast coming up next. Welcome to the WAC podcast. Today's episode is presented by Hercules Tires. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Danner and Kendra Sheehan. It's the middle of November. We have all kinds of sports going on. Whack football, regular season coming to a conclusion. Eric Danner in Edinburgh, Texas on the campus of UTRGV along with Demetrius House. Demetrius, we have the championship game coming up this Saturday. Stephen F. Austin, it's a, technically the, for the championship. It's not called the WAC championship game, just to get that straight. Right. Stephen F. Austin at Abilene Christian. That's going to be 230 on Saturday, the winner of that uh, will have the title of WAC champion. Yeah, it's going to be a great contest. Abilene Christian coming off a big win on last week. And Stephen F. Austin, they've been showing very well throughout the season. So it's going to be a good game between those two clubs. Abilene Christian beating Sam Houston 45-20. to Remember Sam Houston transitioning from uh, FCS to FBS as they'll be uh, joining Conference USA so they have a few more scholarships than most of the schools, and they had beaten all the other whack opponents they had played this year. So a big win by the Wildcats on the road, and they were in control for much of this game. Demetrius, they they come out and they uh, they're leading twenty one nothing at one point in the first quarter. From the outset, Abilene Christian showed that they were able to compete and show Sam Houston that they were there to play, and they end up with the victory in the end. And that uh, we had Keith Patterson on the the program. Uh, several weeks ago now and at that point ACU was really struggling at getting out of the gates they were closing really well but weren't starting really well and it seems like they've kind of put two and two together Stephen F. Austin not the way they want to come in they lose to Central Arkansas 34 to 7 and really one of the toughest defeats of the year for the Lumberjacks remember they lost to Utah Tech a few weeks back that was a huge upset turns out Utah Tech is pretty legit when you look at all the scores in standings the last few weeks, they win another one, 34-28 over Tarleton. But SFA really uh, didn't seem to bounce back after that loss. That was their previous game before that. So it'll be interesting to see uh, their mindset heading into this uh, game for the championship on Saturday. Other whack football this past week, Southern Utah played Lincoln, and they won 55-0. to So the other matchups we have this week, Southern Utah will then Finish the season at Sam Houston. Tarleton has a home game against Houston Christian. And Utah Tech, after uh, winning three in a row, Demetrius, uh, they are going up to BYU. You usually don't see uh, a game like that against a, a team that's a, a top 25 type of team this late in the season. Yeah, of course, this late in the season, you normally don't see those type of games. But with Utah Tech and BYU being close and distance there it'll be a good game for both teams yeah and BYU of course a longtime member of the WAC in the 1980s of course Steve Young Jim McMahon uh, to name a few uh, former BYU players that were in uh, in the WAC and were all WAC performers 
basketball, Demetrius. We had uh, a lot of basketball pretty much every day. We were just talking about it. Uh, every day we're playing basketball, and and that's the kind of the the thing that happens in non-conference. Last week, uh, Sam Houston knocking off Oklahoma in Norman. That was one of the bigger upsets of the week, and certainly bodes well for WAC basketball because whenever you have a team that defeats you know a, a big powerhouse like Oklahoma on the road, then uh, that gets their power ranking up. And then if a team happens to beat Sam Houston or even play Sam Houston, that's going to help their power ranking as well. So big win by the Bearcats in Norman. Yeah, it was a great win. Um, Sam Houston battled with Oklahoma from beginning to end and proved that they were the victors at the end of the game. And that uh, was also our whack top play this past week, Lamar Wilkerson's game-winning shot with uh, just about a second to go, a uh, three-pointer from the side there that uh, went in and, and defeated Oklahoma. The couple other close calls we had, Tarleton was up on Arizona State very late in that one. Uh, the Sun Devils kind of pulled through at the very end there. And then also, uh, as we record this on Wednesday, on Tuesday, there was uh, Utah Valley visiting Wake Forest, and that game goes to overtime, and the Wolverines uh, showed out really well. In fact, Justin Harmon gets an SC top 10 play uh, last night on ESPN. Yeah, Utah Valley had a couple of big scores, and Justin Harmon with 19 points, and Latrey Darthan, he had 18 to finish the game. Uh, they, pretty much, they shot very well from the free throw line, 91% as a team, and they proved that they could battle with Wake Forest. They just came up short at the end. And Mark Madsen, the head coach for the Wolverines, I saw a little factoid about that where uh, when Tim Duncan was at Wake Forest, Mark Madsen actually ended his career in the NCAA tournament uh, and Stanford defeated Wake Forest. That was Tim Duncan's final game uh, as a a collegiate player. So Mark Madsen going back to Wake Forest, that was uh, uh, one of those uh, full circle kind of moments for for the coach there. Uh, Some other uh, games going on or, you know, we we, uh, gave out our first Weekly awards in uh, in WAC basketball. Cameron Tyson had a tremendous week for Seattle U. A couple of 30-point outings as the uh, Red Hawks. They were shocked, shocking teams last year and, and uh, were co-champions of the conference, Demetrius. This year, I don't think they're going to be shocking anybody, but here here they go again. They're they're on a, a little bit of a roll to start the season. Yeah, they're, they're showing good, and you got a lot of good teams coming on the men's side. Of course, with Grand Canyon, they're going to be playing well. Um, Stephen F. Austin, they're going to be picking back up from their loss they had just on yesterday. And you got UTA, they're showing good signs this year. They beat Harden-Simmons 100-59 uh, to 59 on yesterday. Yeah, there's uh, quite a few blowouts, uh, especially on the women's side. And then who, who was our uh, Women's Player of the Week? Our Women's Player of the Week, week comes from Utah Tech. Utah Tech's Brianna Gillen, uh, she had a 19-point – she she had 19 points and 10 assists. Uh, per game in the first week of action. And Grand Canyon's Elena Harper was the freshman of the week. Uh, she provided seven points and six rebounds per contest for Grand Canyon for the Lopes. And they're looking for big things from both players coming up this season. Yeah, that'll be interesting to watch as the season unfolds. As we mentioned, we're here in Edinburgh, Texas. We had a chance to check out the women's basketball team last night as they took on Northern Colorado and uh, – Second half, it wasn't looking too good for the home team uh, there, Demetrius, but uh, UTRGV able to hit some clutch shots down the stretch. Yeah, uh, Ayana Dorsey, she scored, she scored big last night for uh, UT Rio Grande Valley. She finished the game with 27 points, 
but it was the shots down the stretch by Haley Jones, who finished with 16. She shot four from seven from the three-point line. So she proved that in the clutch moments that she can make those shots, and it pretty much prevailed them over the over Northern Colorado. Yeah, 61 to 55, the final there, and uh, the WAC volleyball tournament starts tomorrow. Uh, we've been uh, checking out practices all day today, and the number one seed is the home team, the UT Rio Grande of Vaqueros and Demetrius. They did well in the awards department as well. They get the coach of the year, the player of the year, and the setter of the year, and all well-deserved. Yeah, it's always good when you can not so much sweep the awards, but win three of the five major awards. It shows that your team did a lot during the regular season, and they're hoping that they can carry their regular season play over into the tournament. And we have three new teams to the WAC Volleyball Tournament this year. Uh, California Baptist, first time being eligible for the uh, postseason that they are in, as is Southern Utah and UT Arlington, both new to the WAC this year. So kind of a a changing of the guard, if you will, in WAC Volleyball. Uh, Right out of the gate, we got Grand Canyon taking on New Mexico State in, in what could be one of the top matchups of the week, Demetrius, in that Grand Canyon has won six matches in a row, and not only have they won six matches in a row, they've also uh, won 18 sets in a row, so all six of those matches via sweep, and they are the hottest team coming into this tournament. Yeah, you look to carry those wins into the postseason play, and Grand Canyon opening up against New Mexico State. It's going to be a great contest, and they hope to show that they can carry this over until maybe make it to the championship match. And that was actually the the championship match of those two schools uh, just a few years ago. In fact, uh, looking it up, New Mexico State has won five uh, championships from the WAC in the last decade. So they are traditionally the the powerhouse of the league this year, coming in as number six seed. Stephen F. Austin had a fantastic year. They are seeded number two. But the California Baptist, the number seven seed, Demetrius, that's a team uh, people, uh, I wouldn't say they're scared of, but uh, that's a team that can beat anybody. Yeah, just coming off of the court, seeing them where they practice, they have some, they have some height that you probably don't expect to see, uh, and they hope to. They can carry that good play on and hopefully top Stephen F. Austin so they can make it to the quarterfinals. The 4-5 matchup is Utah Valley against UT Arlington. Utah Valley, two-time defending tur- tournament champion. Going into the final week, Demetrius, they were – in contention to get a share of the regular season title, they wind up losing their last two matches and falling to the four seed. Yeah, you hope to. They hope that they will get to be able to share the championship, regular season championship, should I say? But you know, ended the season the way they did. It was just a maybe hurtful for their team, but they hope to rebuild on what they had going on earlier in the regular season. That way, coming into tournament play, they uh, they start out with UTA and. Hopefully they have a great game, and that way they can move forward in the tournament. And Kazna Tanavasa, the great player for the Wolverines, we believe this is true, the first ever five-time WAC first-team all-conference selection as a, you know, the COVID year gave gave players an extra year. But to be a four-time first-team selection, that's that's tough to do. Then you add it for, for a fifth year as well. But, yeah, a four-time winning, the, winning that first team and being named for four times that's big but like you said it's very rare to hear it for five times so yeah congratulations to her on her accomplishments and i look to see look forward to seeing her play well during the tournament the seven o'clock matchup as we mentioned by utrgv hosting southern utah so that'll be a lot of fun as a lot of support here in the valley for the vaqueros uh was out here 
for uh, practice, and, and there was a in, in the press conference room where we're doing the podcast. There was a three TV crews and a newspaper outlet, which you don't always see that kind of coverage for uh, for volleyball, especially. So good to see the uh, support they get here in the valley. I'm sure it'll be rocking and rolling here on Thursday night. WAC men's soccer tournament uh, finished up last week, and we had an upset, Demetrius. California Baptist, the five seed, only six teams in the men's soccer tournament. They were the host team, but they got through, and, and they win via penalty kick shootout over San Jose State, and they will be in the NCAA tournament uh, coming up on fr- on uh, Thursday. Yeah, they uh, after winning the penalty kicks, they get, they get matched up against UCLA in the NCAA tournament. Um where hopefully they be able to show that the WAC is able to compete with anybody here in the NCAA. CBU, uh, the the women's uh, volleyball team, we had a chance to talk to Coach Higa, and that they were in attendance at that men's soccer match, and they they were hoping uh, to kind of repeat the feat there that uh, you know as a lower seed going in and possibly winning the championship. Air Force was the number one seed going in. CBU beat them in the semis two zero. San Jose State uh, really handled. Seattle U in that other semifinal matchup, 4-0. to uh, Simon Tobin, he's been in the WAC championship match. I think that was his fourth time for San Jose State and has come up empty uh, each of those four times, but always one of the best teams in WAC men's soccer year in and year out. Women's soccer, we were up in Seattle the week before that. We saw two teams go to the NCAA tournament in New Mexico State who won the WAC title in the tournament and then also Utah Valley getting an at-large bid. Utah Valley uh, went on to play BYU. They fall in the uh, first round of that one, as well as New Mexico State playing at Mississippi State. The Aggies are, gave uh, gave the Bulldogs a uh, a big time scare there in Starkville. Yeah, they was playing a great game. They were playing a great game against Mississippi State. They just end up not being able to pull it out in the end. And just to go back, it's just great to have two teams represented from the WAC in the NCAA tournament. It's good for our conference. Good for the brand. First time in 10 years that we had uh, two te- two women's soccer teams get into the NCAAs. Well, that'll do it for this segment. Uh, when we come back, we're going to have uh, Jonah Goldberg, who's going to be calling the WAC Volleyball Tournament. You're listening to the WAC Podcast. We would like to thank our partners, Hercules Tires, Ticket Smarter, and Adidas. Now, back to the WAC Podcast. Welcome back to the WAC Podcast. Eric Danner now with our special guest, Jonah Goldberg from UTRGV, who's going to be calling the WAC Volleyball Tournament all week. And Jonah, this is just one of many things, as I've been here for a few days now, that you have going on at UTRGV. Kind of tell tell our listeners here what uh, what it is you do. Other duties as assigned, Eric. <laughs> so my official title is Senior Associate Athletic Director for Communications and Championships. And if you can believe it, it does fit on a business card. And I think we even managed to get it on one line, which was one of the most exciting things that's happened to me this year. But uh, seriously, uh, you know, when you do communications, it means media relations, it means the website. In my case, it means broadcasting as well. That's not always the case in college athletics, but that's just something that I've done my whole life. And I think I've proven that I'm able to do two things at once. I'll often be writing the recaps and sometimes even cutting highlights and tweeting while broadcasting the games. And I've, in fact, I once was calling a game while clipping and tweeting highlights from both the game in front of me, which I think was a volleyball match 
or or it might have been a basketball game because there was also the other one of those teams was on the road and I was doing that at the exact same time and it's challenging but I love it it's it's gratifying to be able to follow our student athletes and to part of your job is that you have to follow your student athletes that closely which gives you the great excuse to be able to watch as much sports as possible and just be around them. And then on the championship side, this is a, a new thing where at UTRGV we've placed an added emphasis on bidding for and hosting Western Athletic Conference championships and postseason tournaments. So that's, this can include, for example, if the UTRGV volleyball team doesn't win the wire tournament this week, the NIVC. and Or in the future, you know, like, WNIT, WBI, CIT, CBI, whatever, you know, all those events that you have to bid on to be able to maybe host or just be in in the first place. And we're putting an emphasis on that postseason experience. So we've gone to a point where I've got an amazing team around me. And because of that, it was decided that, you know, I can, we can move some of my communications responsibilities over. Danny, Claire, Mikey on my team are doing an amazing job. And I can focus on, helping to make sure that we get those championships here in the Valley and we can host championships every single year. And then not just host them, but make sure that certainly our student athletes, but all WAC student athletes have an amazing championship experience. So like with volleyball, that was set before I ever took on this role. But in the summer, we started meeting every two weeks to prepare for hosting this championship. And we hope that this week is going to be an amazing experience for a few hundred student athletes. And I want to talk about the volleyball tournament and all the things you got going. I know there's also an emphasis to to showcase the area, and you're going to be hosting the swimming championships in February. But as soon as you mentioned all the volleyball stuff, you know whether your team gets in or or where where they're heading after this. But then you also have a huge basketball event. <laughs> happening on Monday, uh, sandwich that in here. Tell us about what you got going on at the Burt Ogden Arena. So Monday, we've got a double header where the UTRGV men's basketball team plays Western Illinois at five o'clock, and then at seven thirty, uh, some team from Austin. <laughs> you may have heard of them. It's uh, it's a four year school. They're they're called the University of Texas. Yes, the Longhorns. It's a big deal. <laughs> yeah, very big deal. <laughs> they're making their first ever trip to the Rio Grande Valley in one hundred eighteen years of wow. basketball. And uh, we're super excited to be able to host them for the doubleheader. Now, we're not actually playing them, which uh, I think is they, actually— They didn't want this smoke, right? That's... <laughs> <laughs> I think in a funny way, it's a cool thing because on the one hand, yeah, is it cool to play Texas? Always. And UTRG will play Texas just a few days later up in Austin. But here in the Valley, you know, five hours south of Austin— you have a lot of UTRGV fans, and you have a lot of Texas fans. There are a lot of people who follow the Longhorns. And you play them, then you put them in a position where they have to decide who they're rooting for. Whereas if you just both play on the same day in the same arena but against different opponents, then the fans can root for both, which is, I think, a cool thing. I'm guessing there's a connection with Texas and your AD, uh, Chase Conk. He, he was at Arkansas Little Rock. Chris Beard was the coach there. They go to the NCAA tournament. Of course, Chris Beard now the coach at Texas. Am I am I off base there? hundred uh, percent correct. Not the only connection. In fact, Chris Beard and Matt Figger, yes. the TRGV head coach, go back a long way as well. So yeah, two high level connections there. Chase hired Chris Beard at Little Rock. Was the, the guy who took a chance on a D two Angelo coach. State. Right? Yeah. yeah, went to Angelo State to see him play out in San Angelo, and and from there made the hire and. 
uh, you know, obviously that worked out pretty well for both Little Rock and then for Texas Tech, and now Texas went dancing too. And so it's one of those things where you have multiple really strong relationships there. And uh, Chris Beard has talked about it a few times about how he has a few priorities. And I know he likes the idea of doing this because, you know, of course he's got the great relationship with Matt Figure and with Chase Kunk, but also uh, from his standpoint, he wants to get into all the different markets in Texas and the Rio Grande Valley is the fifth largest area in the state of Texas. So you want, you know, if you're the state's flagship, which is what Texas yeah. purports to be, you know, you want to be in all of the biggest markets and play games there. You know, they're getting up to the Dallas area, for example, and uh, just trying to get everywhere that they can. So, you know, it's a big opportunity for them to be part of the Valley and expand their brand. It's a big opportunity for us to expand our brand within the Valley and also on a national scale because uh, both their game and our game will be on Longhorn Network. With uh, the WAC office moving to the state of Texas recently, I uh, had a chance to go to the state fair <laughs> uh, and and I was going to go one weekend, and then I found out, don't do do that. That's the weekend of the Texas-Oklahoma game. Ooh. Cotton Bowl is, is where the state fair is. And, and I didn't realize what a big deal Texas is. The universe, you know, it's several hours away from Dallas, and obviously there's TCU, you know, Fort Worth, you know, fourth-ranked team in the country. I mean, there's a lot going on in Dallas, but there is a strong tie for the entire state and the Longhorns. You see the, the burnt orange uh, a little different than the the bright orange you have here at UTRGV, but such a big deal and and it's fun. I mean, coming from Colorado, where there isn't that connection with the state university. I gotta know when you were at the state fair, what did you have them fry for you? See, I, I couldn't eat the fried food because of the gluten free. That's all they have. Like they true, will fry true. your wallet true. for you. If <laughs> they fry, I mean, yeah, anything you can think of. <laughs> I, I was just very excited to see big tax. That was that was my highlight at the state fair was the big <laughs> statue of Big Tex. But so the WAC volleyball tournament going on here in the valley this week, UTRGV regular season champions. You have the coach of the year, you have the player of the year, you have the setter of the year. So a, a fantastic regular season. You've seen this team grow. This was not expected, at least by the coaches at the beginning of the year, ranked number seven in the preseason coaches poll. Yeah, they were ranked number seven, but. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I Every year I always tell Coach Larry how many games I think they're going to win. And sometimes I'm somewhat close. Not always. Well, at the start of this year, I looked at him after opening weekend, and we were, we were recording a coach's show, and they had just they'd won a couple of matches. They had taken UNLV to five and had, you know, had a chance on match point in the third set to sweep, and UNLV's a great team this year. And I told him, Coach, I think you're going to win 25 matches this year. And he looked at me, and he, he kind of nervously laughed. Well, they've got 24 right now, so I'm feeling pretty good about that. And, you know, it, it, watching them in the gym, practicing early, I had a feeling they weren't finishing seventh. It's hard to say because I could see what was happening here, and I couldn't see what else was happening around the whack. I mean, yeah, you can pull them up on ESPN+. Plus, but, you know, how I, when you're playing non-conference opponents and you don't necessarily know what's the strength of the other opponent because we're too early in the season. So it's, it's hard to tell that early, but I had a feeling it would be a little better and certainly to watch how this team has gone. I mean, I knew Luana Emiliano had a chance to be setter of the year. I thought she could have been the setter of the year last year. Uh, Sarah Cruz, I, I had a feeling she was going to have a big year. I, 
it saw her the way that she came in so laser focused at the start of training and she was already a great player but i could just see it early in august that she was ready to move to another level and i mean her hitting percentage has gone up and you know she's way ahead of anybody else in kills per set in the whack by 1.01 entering the tournament so i had a feeling there were going to be some good pieces here and then you know the depth has been something that that's the big difference i think uh, utrgv is i can't remember a year when we had depth the way that they have depth right now and in past years it one injury could derail everything because there wasn't that kind of depth whereas now if somebody's not having a good night or somebody just is hurt or next person come in you don't miss a beat and i think that that's something that has been different and some of that has been newcomers and some of that has just been uh some returners stepping up and so you know you look back at the poll and you say well should we have been should UTRGV have been picked seventh and i don't know uh because when there when there are newcomers involved i mean certainly the libero who wasn't who, who redshirted last year and then uh, all in Regina Terrina, and then Sydney Shane, also on the back row, a great passer. She was a transfer. So, uh, what could people have expected on paper at that point? Uh, it's hard to say. But at this point, obviously, with hindsight being a benefit, <laughs> we we know what UTRGV has become, and it's just a, a, a strong team atmosphere, and they they never shirk from a challenge when if things aren't going well they just immediately they respond they they step up and like i think back to that UNLV match to open the year they were up 2-0 they match point in set 3 lost set 3 lost set 4 got blown out of the water in set 5 i think it was like 15 to 2 and after that like you wondered well what'll happen in the next match like how do you bounce back from that and they did and i mean they won the next 10 hmm. so uh, when you see that you're like yeah. okay uh, this team's got some grit well, the, we were here five years ago for the tournament. UTRGV also a one seed. Now, a lot of changes in the WAC in the last five years. Volleyball tournament-wise, it was a six-team bracket. So you have the bye, so now UTRGV doesn't have the bye, which I know a lot of coaches, they think that's better. They, they, they would rather not have to sit around, not have to you know, wait for their match on, on night number two and see a team maybe get hot and then and then have to face them and then, you know, you're, you're done in four, or, you know, all of a sudden you're, you're trying to figure out what happened. But in terms of the whack, Jonah, the way it's changed, UTA's new this year, so in Utah in the tournament this year, California Baptist, first time there in the tournament. So those three schools new to the tournament, but then you also have, you know, Grand Canyon, U, uh, Utah Valley. Utah Valley's two-time defending champion. Yeah. New Mexico State, they've won five out of ten. So you look at just top to bottom, I mean, the, the league is so much stronger than it was maybe five years ago. I mean, what a great league we have here. And, you know, two teams that are in the top 60, 70 in RPI and UTRGV and Stephen F. Austin. And, you know, I, I hope that there's a way that the WAC can be a two-bid league. I mean, we're, we're right there on the doorstep right. of p- possibly being able to do that. And uh, But I, I feel like that the, the teams that are in here might even be deserving of more than two. It's such a strong conference right now. I mean, we talked about, obviously, UTRGV at the top. Stephen F. Austin, he hits the living blank out of the ball. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, they walked into the UTRGV Fieldhouse, and they're the only team to beat 
beat UTRGV on this court and the only team to beat UTRGV in WAC play. And uh, I mean, they've had an amazing season. You look at Grand Canyon, they've won 18 straight sets ever since they switched their libero, which happened in the UTRGV match that they lost in four, but they were playing a lot better all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. And you know, even Coach Lara was like, well, I mean, kind of escaped in that one. And then uh, they've been unbeatable since then. And uh, Utah Valley, I don't care what their seed is. I mean, they're just, they're dangerous. Yeah, they, they were the seventh seed last year and won the tournament. Exactly. And they've, they, I mean, they can always block it. And that, that's a team that uh, you, you always have to, to look out for. UT Arlington, I mean, they had a great season. They got off to an amazing start yes. in WAC play. If UTRGV hadn't been undefeated for such a long period of time, I think everybody would have been talking about UT Arlington. And, I mean, that's a that's a team to watch out for. I mean, uh, if you're looking for a team on the bottom half of the bracket that can sneak up on you, I mean, that, they shouldn't be sneaking up on anybody, but... But uh, you mentioned the success New Mexico State has had. And although I'm not sure they've necessarily put it all together quite yet this season, they clearly have the talent to be able to beat any team on any night. Uh, California Baptist, you know, they've they've they they experimented with a 5-1 a couple weeks ago. They went back to their 6-2, and I think that's helped them a little bit. They have a little bit of momentum entering the tournament. And, uh, Utah Valley heading in. Yeah, they did. I mean, that was a huge win for them. And uh, they won that first set 27-25, and then they just never looked back. And they they, sw- they uh, four sets actually. They they beat them uh, right at the end there. And I was like, wow, uh, on the second to last match of the season. And Southern Utah, I mean, you can't take them for granted as an eight seed. Uh, you know, they got off to a really rough start, playing a really tough schedule, and now they've played a lot better the last few weeks. So. You look top to bottom, and then even think about the teams that did make the tournament. They were winning and playing competitively. Sam Houston was the number one seed last year. Gosh. I, and, and they've knocked off some of the top yeah. teams in the WAC this year. And, I mean, Utah Tech had a big win in the last weekend. Uh, Tarleton took UTRGV to five on the last day of the season. I mean, the depth in this conference, anybody can beat you on any night. So if you don't come in ready to play, then, any, then the other team's going to win. And I know that sounds simple, but... With the quality of teams you have here, I think one through eight, anybody can win this tournament. Oh, we talked uh, men's basketball a little bit already. Women's basketball, we got here last night. Got to check out uh, the Lane Lord-led Vaqueros against Northern Colorado, and you were on the the mic for that one as well. Uh, A good win, I mean, against a big sky team. Uh, They were down. They showed some fortitude and hit some big shots down the stretch and maybe showed hey, they could be a team to contend with in the WAC. Some really good newcomers on that team. I mean, WAC fans will know Ayanna Dorsey transferring over after two years at Tarleton, and certainly uh, she was a great player for Tarleton and looks like she'd be a great player at UTRGV, 27 points in that game. But Haley Jones was the hero. She had four three-pointers in the final six minutes to lead UTRGV from uh, down – uh, three possessions to a 20 to eight run to close out the game and to win that game. And I know that felt sweet for the returning players because a year ago they went to Northern Colorado, lost on a buzzer beater, and you know they wanted to turn that around last night, and they did. And I think uh, we saw the momentum at the end of last year's UTRGV was the only team to beat Stephen F. Austin right. on the road. And, you know, it was a funny pl- parallel with uh, what happened in volleyball yeah. this year. And and then they uh, ran into the third round of the tournament, kind of ran out of steam at that point, but they kind of showed what they had. And then here they are this year off to a pretty good start. They've won back-to-back games, uh, beating a, a Southland school and a Big Sky school, so taking out some mid-majors. Well, we are certainly looking forward to the basketball season, but first we have volleyball. Check it out. ESPN Plus, Jonah Goldberg with Brian Smith on the call. 
And Jonah, thank you for taking some time out. I know you got a lot going on this week. My pleasure. All right. Thanks, uh, Jonah. And thanks for listening to the WAC Podcast. Thanks for listening to the WAC Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And check out our website at WACSports.com.